This podcast is brought to you by PencilPay. Take your wholesale credit applications online, collect a billing method, and control when you get paid. So if you sell products on payment terms to wholesale customers, and you want an easier way to sign up and bill them, get in touch. Tim at PencilPay.com. That's Tim at PencilPay.com. Welcome to Product Hub. I'm your host, Tim Dimitriou. And today's guests are two of the owners of Co-Conspirators Brewery, Jackie Sacco and Dion Smith. This story is about how two couples with a love of hospitality, health, and home brewing built an incredible brewery with design always top of mind. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Guys, today we've got Dion and Jackie from Co-Conspirators. Co-Conspirators is a brewery based in Brunswick in Victoria, obviously in Australia. Um, Welcome, guys. Oh, thanks for having us. Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Now, um, walking in here, you've got an incredible, uh, incredible design. Um, you guys have, you know, the, the walls, the tables, everything is just done impeccably. And then when you walk in, you've got this beautiful stainless steel um, wall of, of, uh, of tanks on the right-hand side. Um, can you guys run me through, um, number one, who, who actually designed the place? Um, I'd love to, you know, I'd love to give them a shout out. But secondly, um, then we can then we can talk about your backgrounds and kind of how you got into it. But I'd just love to know who who, who designed this place because it's because it's really really cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah we've got a, a architect uh, called um, We Are Humble. That's uh, Tom King that helped us uh, from the start of the project, and it was uh, a two-year project to get this uh, up and running, and um, they sort of helped us navigate uh, council and. Uh, all the design is, is thanks to them. Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, no, they've done a spectacular job. And I love the fact that you've got a foosball table in here and, and, a, and a little area for kids as well. It's, yeah. it's, it's brilliant. Um, if we can get, um, if we can talk about your, your backgrounds, obviously everyone comes from a you know, vastly different background. And, you know, some of, the, uh, some of the people that we've had on the show have been, you know, some of them come from a chemical engineering background. Some of them come from a, you know, a true hospitality background. And some of them um, just love beer and, and kind of nothing else. So um, I'd love to understand um, a, a little bit about your background and kind of where you came from and how you got here today. Sure. Well, I'll, I'll go first. Um, so I, I've come from a pure hospitality background. That's, mm-hmm. that's my background. Um, I worked in hospitality since I was 15 and worked in McDonald's all the way through. Uh, studied hospitality management at school. Um, and worked in pretty much all my adult life. I worked in hotels um, as, a, as a business development manager. So mainly working in the sales and marketing space for hotels. So that's where I came from. Like events, conferences. Yeah, that, events that and conferences, yep, yep. corporate corporate clients uh, for room nights. That's sort of what I've done mm-hmm. over the last um, 15 years in, in various forms of, of, of different hotels. So... Um, yeah, it's uh, it's very different to beer land, um, but uh, it's definitely helped me um, in the when we need beer events and, yeah. and operating the, the the brew pub itself. So yeah, that's, yeah, cool. that's my background. Awesome. How about you, Dan? Uh, I've got a background in uh, in health, um, <clears throat> so fifteen years as a paramedic, and then uh, yeah, just a real keen interest in drinking beer. And that's uh, that's really where it all sort of started. And, when did you finish off being a paramedic? Still, still doing a little bit. Still doing a little bit. Yeah. I was going to say, if it was two years ago, you got incredible timing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, look, it, it's um, yeah, it's been a, been a tricky sort of couple of years, but yeah. uh, yeah, I still sort of do, do a few yeah, shifts cool. in annual. Awesome. So, 
uh, because my ski's been pretty busy. Yeah, I could imagine. I could imagine. Um, and you guys have 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 two other partners, um, yep. who are actual actual partners and yes. and business partners. Um, can you can you give me a bit uh, a little bit of info on on their backgrounds as well? Yeah, sure. So, um, Tim, my partner, is a registered nurse. He's mm-hmm. uh, mainly working in the workforce management sort of side, sort of management roles. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's that's his background. Same cool. with Maggie, and, or Maggie well, same with Dion in, in relation to working in health. So yeah. that's his background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect. Maggie, Maggie's a paramedic as well. So. Oh, wow. So okay. that's, that's <laughs> sort of where Maggie and I met. Yeah, and, beautiful. Uh, yeah, awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, when you came and, 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 and kind of decided, hey, we're we going to do this together, um, can you run me through the, the story of, of kind of, number one, potentially how you guys met and decided, or even if you've been friends with for, for a lot of years, um, why you guys decided to actually say, okay, we're going to go and, you know, do this massive undertaking and starting a brewery. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess we met uh, Tim through the Miramashes Homebrew Club, so we were homebrewing for quite a while beforehand. Um, we haven't win a competition which allowed us to rebrew a winning beer on a uh, commercial scale. Um, and more or less at the same time, Tim won a comp as well, which allowed him to rebrew on a commercial scale. I think that sort of gave us the, the taste of uh, brewing bigger batches and doing commercial batches and um, sort of gave us a taste for it. So all of us sort of were on a path to do um, commercial brewing um, at the same time, we sort of teamed up and sat down at, at our house and <laughs> sort of had a, had a chat about uh, sort of initially starting the business. And I think our, our vision sort of for the brew pub from, from the first meeting was this is, this is where we'd like to be. So that's uh, it lined up uh, perfectly and we sort of had the, the same vision. And yeah. Yeah, it was almost six years ago. Yeah. Yeah, like next month. So yeah. 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 A, and it's a very different, um, it's a very different undertaking from home brewing to, to try to do it at scale as, uh, as, as you guys would have found out really, really quickly. Yeah. Um, uh, going from it being a, an idea to actually putting it into place, you know, we've got a lot of um, the other listeners to this program are um, anyone from a craft brewer who's up and moving to maybe a new entrant in the market or potentially someone who is looking to, to go and do it. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to understand what are the, what are all the things that you had to put in place in order to be able to you know, roll this out because they're big undertakings and even a hospitality venue on its own yep. is a huge undertaking yep. and you're getting all your product from suppliers. You guys uh, have to produce your product and you have to create the hospitality venue as well yep. um, and probably a wholesale business and an online business. So there's a lot lot to it. Can you um, talk to me about all the building blocks? <coughs> yeah, um I, guess I, can... I know it's a I know it's a big question. <laughs> if we start maybe at the at the um, at the beer production, yeah. and then we can roll into the other other yeah. sections. Yeah, beer production, we sort of Dion's space. Yeah, so. cool, awesome. Yeah, yeah I, I guess you know if you look at where we are now, and if we were to do uh, what we're doing today from the start, it, it would be a massive undertaking. And I think we've, we've taken baby steps, and and that's where where Gypsy Brewing is a great way for us to sort of start. And, uh, start off with a small batch. Um, our initial plan was to do a batch every couple of months. We could increase that and uh, increase the batch sizes um, to, to make them pretty pretty big batches. And then sort of first steps from there was was building um, this this venue, which which even then was sort of just small steps at a time. Do this, um, you know, get 
get one step done, then the next step, then the next step. So we still have a few steps left, including a kitchen and, a, and plans for mezzanines and all sorts Ooh. of things. So sort of uh, building slowly on what, what, we've, um, yeah, what we've done. And the um, obviously there's a, there's a shitload of equipment back there. Um, can you tell me, where, getting the equipment in place, do you build the equipment up over time or do you say from the, from the outset, Let's get a uh, let's get the full the full stack out there. Let's make sure we've got everything that we need to be able to go, you know, full scale full scale brewing. Or yeah. do you kind of you know build um, you know module by module over time to, to scale up? The the actual brew house we, we needed a functioning brew house from the start. So yep, uh, we've there's always things you can add afterwards, and there's a few little things we we like to get and a few things just to want to play around with. But, but the brew house was, was built as one unit. Um, a lot of the gear was sourced from all over the place. We got the brew house from the US, uh, glycol from, from Italy, uh, locally sourced products stuff from, from China, and putting all of those pieces together. Um, we've got the brewery front and centre in the middle of the uh, um, middle of the venue, and we put glass doors by where the roll doors used to be. So. We don't have the option of bringing more things in and trying to build on it. We sort of had to get everything in on site, get in the position, and then we sort of built the rest of the building around it. So uh, no, it had to be um, a working uh, brewery to the size that we need. And, and to give you guys a bit of an indication on what it actually looks like, what we're going to do is we're going to take a, a recording after the, after the podcast, and um, what we'll do is we'll, we'll, we'll overlay it onto the podcast. So you'll be able to get a really good indication of exactly what it looks like because when you walk in here, it is big, it is really, really cool. Huge high ceilings, rafters, um, beams everywhere. It's very, very cool. So, yeah, we really want to give um, give everyone a view. So, um, that's awesome. Thanks for uh, thanks for telling us about you know, setting up the, the brewing side of things. Now, we're talking about the venue, which is probably your space. Yes. Um, do you want to give me a, a bit of a rundown on all the, all the building blocks of the venue? Because <laughs> I've set up a venue before. It was a nightmare. Like, yeah. there's so many things and the last few weeks is just ridiculous yeah it was i mean i think i think it was a dion project managed the the building of the of the um of the venue and earlier is with our builders and uh and our architects all the way through the project and that was a long project that was that was almost two years uh, from start to finish mm-hmm. um and you know covid didn't help planning those sorts of things but um i think even on the lead up to um, to finding to opening the venue, I think it was really hard because Dion and I had you know, Dion looks after the brewery at the venue, and I was looking after the the front of house. Um, just as our two key staff members, Olmo and um, and Joanna, our venue manager, um, they we had to do all the recruitment online, um, which was hard because um, we were all in lockdown. Um, it was hard for all the four of us to actually come and see the venue during those sort of mid six, uh, sort of that mid twenty twenty one because we had building restrictions. We weren't able to be on site because you know we only had allowed to have five five trades here at the one time, and we were leading up to like opening. And, you know, when you lead up to opening, you have, like, 30 people here. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> when we couldn't even come and visit. Because if we visited, that would take away from one train. We had to get the venue open. So there was a few delay, a few hurdles beforehand. Um, 
So in November of last year, um, I was I was work I was already starting to work full time. Dion came on full time, um, Olmo and our brewer, and Joanna, our venue manager. So then from there, it sort of just went boom, and the boys were brewing. Joanna and I were recruiting uh, front of house staff, stock lists, menus, tables, chairs, glassware. Um, yeah, and it was tough for the guys because you know we had a venue opening. And we had no beer, so they and a brand new brewery, so we had um, they had to make beer for opening day, and it was it was manic. It was Ooh. really looking looking back, it was crazy those first like sort of last six weeks before we opened. So Ooh. yeah, I mean, I think it was tough to find two really key members of staff, and we couldn't do face to face interviews. That was probably the most tough, the most toughest part of it before and, opening. And hospitality staff at the best of times are not. Are not amazing with technology, or that, or, or, or that's what I found certainly. Yep. I, I opened a venue, I don't know, four, four and a half years ago thereabouts, and um, I know from that is that yeah, they're trying to get trying to get them um, all using technology was was, was yeah. difficult. It's probably changed now. You would imagine with with uh, COVID and all the rest of it. <coughs> I think um, we've seen a significant shift of every single human being, whether or not yeah. they're a, star, a potential staff member or a. Um, or a, uh, or a or a business that, that that you could potentially deal with. Yeah. They all know how to do everything now. Yeah. Like Zoom it's true. Is, is, is second nature. Yeah. But you can't get a good you can't get a good look and feel and indication of someone unless you're face to face. Yeah. In hospitality, they need to be personable and they need to be warm and all the rest of it. I, I think we're pretty lucky with Olmo and, and Joanna. Anyway, we actually knew them from you know from other relationships and other friendship groups and and knew them well within the industry. So. We knew of them anyway, which was great. And um, but yeah, it's still having that face-to-face meeting with them um, pre pre-opening was tough. Um, but it was probably tough on them as well. You know, mm. new job and yeah. trying to do this on on the line. And but uh, yeah, they're still here. Yeah. <laughs> just gonna, yeah. They're still here. That's Which good. Is good. <laughs> we're we're, uh, we're doing something right. But um, yeah, so we were lucky leading up to opening that we all that front of house were interviews were face to face. So yeah, cool. yeah. And yeah. Everyone, and the fact that you had two key staff that were here and engaged and, and are still here so they must have been loving it. That's helpful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, cool. Um who who came up with the name? And and can you give me some background behind the name? <laughs> Cody Spirit is brewing, yeah. It's the, the name was one of the hardest sort of things. It was. There was a lot of discussion, a lot of names sort of thrown around. Um, I think Token Spirit is, uh, um, <clears throat> works really well for us. We have this idea of inspiring with others and co-conspiring, and, yeah. the, and the name just sort of works with our ethos. Um, so I had the idea of having these underworld characters as part of our brand. But, uh, um, yeah, the name, name took a few discussions. Yeah. And it's a, it's a hard one. When you're telling people your email address because it's quite a long name, it's quite a long name, and you have to spell <laughs> it every time. But uh, it's and, a, it's and does it and does it have a uh, and has it got a, a hyphen in it or not type of thing? We uh, yeah. like, and like, I remember like organising today, like you have to type in email addresses and stuff. I'm like, shit, has it got has it got a hyphen or, or that's not? A, that's, <laughs> that's a discussion we've, we've had. always had. Like, <laughs> our, like two two large C's or just one large C or a dash, but yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I think it took us about twelve <laughs> months, two years in before we finally decided because I think all of us were writing it differently. Yeah. So it's uh, yes. at some point we, we figured it out there's a hyphen. Two, in it. Yeah, hyphen in it, two large C's. 
There you go. <laughs> Everyone, there you go. <laughs> yeah. um, awesome. So, um, so obviously you open, um, and you open at a time when everything was a challenge, and you also open at a time when everyone was keen to get out there and actually, you know, and actually get amongst it. Um, as, I, as I said to you before, when we were doing sound test, um, we saw this, this enormous doubling of, 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 of revenue within a lot of businesses for the month of November, as opposed to the month of September. Yeah. And that was when everything kind of reopened and, and lockdowns finished. Um, obviously, it comes off after everyone's restocked, but can you run me through... How did you guys fare for the month? Because you guys opened in November or yeah. October. We opened December. just, well, it was the 13th, 14th of, of December. Of December, yeah. So it was like a week prior to Christmas. Um, we were planning on opening probably about six weeks before. And as I mentioned before, that that period where we're the builders, builders were only have that sort of just stretched out our, um, our opening date. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so, um, yeah, it, obviously there was definitely a spike pre-Christmas and then it sort of leveled out in January, um, yeah, you know, because everyone was free, everyone wanted to go regional or go interstate because they could, so, um, yeah, so we had a really high spike and then sort of uh, got a bit quieter because mm-hmm. I think those new restrictions in January came came again, so... Mask wearing, all that sort of thing, again happened in January. <coughs> the um, the the way that you guys sell your beer, obviously, selling as much beer as you can is your is your job. Yep. Um, so people come to the venue, they'll sit here and they'll have a few beers. Do you guys serve? Do you guys serve any food with that, or or can people bring in their own food? How does that work? We we have a little mix because obviously our kitchens, as Dion mentioned earlier, we've got a few more things we've got we to do with the venue and one of the one of the one of the major things we're going to uh, add to the venue is the kitchen it's all ready to go and it's the space is there but it's just not filled out currently mm-hmm. using it as an office at the moment um but for food now so we have a really great rotation of um food trucks that come in oh, yeah. and um we've got a, a vacant lot next door and the, and the guys park out there and um that's what we're doing sort of Thursday, Friday nights and Saturday day and Sunday day. Um, we've also got some really great local um, uh, local pie um, guy that's called Pie Thief and they're Ooh. at base. Um, they're based originally at, at Footscrave and now they've got a second store in Fitzroy North. It's called Pie Thief. Um, so we do hot pies behind the bar yep. all the way through the week. Beautiful. Um, and just sort of just like little bar snacks behind the bar. So yeah, that's awesome. It's, yeah, it gives people range, and you can also build. You can obviously build um, build themes around the themes around nights and that yeah. type of thing, right? Yeah, cool. And then, um, uh, do you guys do? Um, so there's two other obviously two other areas where where um, most breweries focus on to be able to distribute their product. Yeah. Number one is wholesale. The other one is through. Um, is through online, yeah, and we've seen a huge spike in online, and it's come off a bit now. Yeah, um, it's come off actually quite a lot now. Yeah. But um, but can you tell us what uh, what uh, what do you guys do around uh, in those two spaces? Yeah, you wanna? I'll, I'll jump in. Um, I guess it's kind of um, really a bit D on space, and and maybe we run sales. Um, so obviously when we were gypsy gypsy brewing, um, it was full wholesale. Um, and I guess from that perspective, um, 
that's all we were doing pre pre the brew pub opening. Ooh. So um, we're doing a little bit out here for wholesale at the moment, but the majority of the beer here goes behind the bar. Um, but so all the all the beer we're doing is wholesale um, right up until sort of um, December of last year. Um, as I mentioned, with online. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, we uh, being a gypsy brewer, we, we weren't able to sell online, and we get we got an exemption through the VCGLR uh, mm-hmm. um, with our liquor license to sell online during COVID. So we made really good. Um, we really pushed online sales during that time, and we saw a huge increase of online sales. As you mentioned, it is dropped off now a yep. little bit. Um, but yeah, during the time it was it was big it was big revenue for us too. It's kind of a um, it's a it's it's interesting that you guys were obviously forced to focus on wholesale and online, right? So it's kind of not a, I mean as, as bad as everything was. It's kind of a it's a, not a bad way to start because a lot of um, a lot of brewers early on they focus on just just kind of um, just doing it in their in the, in their tap house or in their hospitality venue, and um, and it's hard to make that shift across to. To you know, selling wholesale and, and selling online and scaling, yeah. but the fact that you started that way, do you see that as a as potentially a, a net benefit now, or do you or do you just say, oh, I wish we could have opened earlier, kind of thing? No, I think I think there's, there's, that's a that's a good point. I think I think for us, we were sort of forced into the, the path that we followed uh, through uh, through chips of brewing. It was always going to be wholesale first before opening the um, I think with. Uh, with the online sales, so much of what we do is determined by COVID and restrictions. And I think um, during that period, uh, we, we had a pivot and as, as so many people have had to um, move stock from <clears throat> from keg to pack and then back from pack, pack to keg and to, uh, getting the whole sort of online store set up. It was um, something you sort of just had to roll with the punches and, and COVID determined when you could do what. So, yeah. Um, I think for us doing wholesale first and then opening the venue uh, is an advantage for us. I think uh, the whole idea behind starting sort of small with um, the gypsy growing is to build a brand. We've, we've certainly done that. We've um, built quite a following through um, through gypsy growing, which has allowed us to open the venue and having that uh, sort of remade audience there already. So it was uh, yeah, cause- a good way to go. Uh, when I contacted you guys, I don't know a while ago, I actually, I actually thought you guys were like a lot bigger than what you actually are. So mm, yeah. it, what you just said was was completely accurate. I mean, um, mm. you know, I was kind of under the impression that the brand was all bread, you know, because it's a, it's a, it's a brand that really does stand out, and it's yeah. a name that stands out, and mm. you know, you've, you've, the branding has been really good here. Yeah. Did you guys, um, did you guys do all the branding and and all that stuff yourself, or did you use um, a design company, <laughs> or how did you do all that? Just um, a design company of one person. Um, yep. His name is uh, Clint Weaver, yep. and um, his brand's called Pocket Beagles. Um, so we we started off off with very simple branding, um, which we thought would work at the time. Um, and then uh, we got we got in contact with Clint from a mutual friend. Her name's Emily Day. She's a journalist. Um, she was doing a bit of craft beer. Um, writing uh, back then, back in the day and um, she introduced us to Clinton it, it just fit like we, we, we always had like Dion said we always had this vision of these northern suburbs um, you know gangland characters that um, that would go theme through all our beer 
And uh, we told him, oh, this is the beer we want to call it. And it's even to this day, after after nearly six years, um, he would just take the name and say, all right, what kind of area do you want to take this take this character? And we're like, oh, this is it's a few dot points and then he just create this Ooh. amazing character. Um, and uh, it's featured throughout all our beers in Cairns. So, um, you know, he, he's just started off by himself and he's still on his own and gets some help now and again, but he's... Um, his main focus is the craft beer brands, and he has a few under yeah, his belt awesome. now, which is amazing. So yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's good. It's um, <coughs> it's unique, and you have to be you have to be unique. It's a it's a busy busy space, yeah. especially now. I mean, we've probably had a couple of hundred open in the last twenty four months, I reckon, yeah, um, across Australia. So um, yeah, it's a bloody busy space, and you do have to stand out. And you, you guys do, have a good job. yeah, and that's what he does for us. Um, you know, I think. People automatically gravitate to our beers in the fridge because of the characters. They may not know who we are, but they can see the canner, and Ooh. they might pick, the, you know, they may, you know, pick it up out of the out of the lineup, as mm-hmm. they say. No pun intended. Yep. Um, but um, yeah, he's, he's he's a bit of a magician, and just just brings our beers to life. It's amazing. Yeah, awesome, awesome. The um the last six months has been. A really challenging time, um, well, especially the last three months, has been a really challenging time for um, a lot of businesses, especially producing businesses that have to get, you know, raw materials from elsewhere. Um, can you run me through um, what's been the, the biggest challenge over the last 12 weeks and where, where are you seeing the cost spikes and all that type of thing in your purchasing? Um, and just um, if you can run me through, what effect has it had on selling at the other end? So, um you know, has the the trade in the actual brew pub has that been affected at all with with the with, with the economy starting to be, get a bit shaky, or um or, or has it has it kind of has it kind of stayed strong? You want to talk about ingredients. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <clears throat> um, no, it's 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 true. I think uh, particularly transport costs have gone up. I think we've <coughs> seen that across the board, and that's and that's had a knock on effect uh, for virtually every everything we get uh, delivered to the brew pub. Um, has had an increase in cost. Um, at, at this stage, we've, we've sort of worn that cost, um, but it is just uh, it's, it's just that things are getting more expensive mm. for sure. As, as far as sort of sourcing ingredients, transport is the biggest challenge, um, and getting things delivered reliably on a particular date that's that's a that's a big big challenge. It's um, and everyone sort of is quite transparent about it. You can't guarantee you can get things the next day, whereas previously you were. So, yeah. so it can take a few days, take a week to get certain things, um, and that's that's the biggest challenge as far as sort of transporting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. People, people, um, people sometimes forget. I think that um, fuel goes into every single input. In you know, it's an input into every product that we ever purchase in our in our lives, and um, that's the main driver behind you know cost increases. Mm-hmm. But additionally, there's this. Um, a lot of the driving network um, couldn't stay here during COVID, and they left because of the government wasn't wasn't you know, and they were within their rights, but they obviously weren't supporting um, people that were here from 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 other countries. And what that meant is that an enormous part of the driving network is yeah. massive chunk of it yeah. has been taken out, and therefore you've got this shortage of drivers. Yeah. And we're seeing that across every logistics company is complaining about a shortage of drivers. Yeah. So you know all these things they just go towards. High costs, longer wait times. You know, yeah. Um, 
And then from a from a from a front of house perspective, yep. can you can you can you talk to me about um, any effect that you've seen over the last even say six or eight weeks? Because yep. it's really only been um, visibly on shaky grounds for probably the last twelve, yep. and then you know probably a bit more so in the last last six or eight. Um, I guess for the brew pub, it's you know we're heading into winter and yeah, people people are sort of want to have sit in the sun and, and drink beer and <clears throat> it's just as cool as coming to a brewery anywhere in the winter than it is coming through the summer. So we sort of seen a little bit of a, a – and I think this is with all hospitality venues at the moment that you kind of see a, a bit of a drop in, in mm. numbers through mm. the door. Um, but we're not the only ones. We've, we've spoken to a lot of brewery friends of ours that have also got venues, that hospitality venues, and are seeing – the change in, in, in people coming. I mean, there's numerous factors where, you know, um, obviously people with COVID and being sick, um, people not wanting to still go out in the wintertime, people just with cold and flu symptoms don't want to come yep. out. Uh, it's not necessarily a COVID situation. So, um, And it's bloody cold. And it's cold. Yeah, it's bloody cold. <laughs> Sometimes you just want to stay at home. You just want to yeah. stay at home. So um, I guess that's what we've kind of seen in the short term. Um, including logistics, I mean, it's um, finding staff has always been very hard. Finding good staff is, is, is good. I mean, we, we have a really great network of, uh, of front of house staff and sort of senior management staff that have come on board. Um, but Joanna, our venue manager, when we first started recruiting, like, you know, when she, in her previous roles, you know, she put a, a job ad for a casual staff member and she would get like 100 applications. Um, and we're only like seeing like maybe 20, 30% now of that 100 for people applying. Wow. And that also comes down to the to the network, like you said, with um, you know, uh, international students wanting hospitality jobs and, and those sorts of things. I mean, you're seeing that come back now, which is great. Yep. Like, um, and we're good for staff at the moment. Uh, we'll start probably planning on recruitment sort of when we start getting a bit warmer again. Um, and you, Hopefully that net will, network of staff will come back, but uh, yeah, that's an, that's another big factor is finding finding good staff that can pour a good can pour a beer um, and that actually want to work and actually want to work and want to do the hours. Um, that's a, that's another big tough thing for us. Yeah, it's um, I think <clears throat> it's it's something that has always been in hospitality, but never never like what it no, is now. Never from you know I hired. You know, twenty something staff for a venue that I started what, four and a half years ago, and we got them in. You know, in a month we'd hired that we'd hired those people, and, and those people stayed with us for for quite a while. Yeah. So, um, but there's a yeah, there's a undertone of people not not really wanting to to uh, to get out there and, and work, and people want um, a lot of money as well. And in hospitality venues, people need to understand that there's just not there's just not you know thirty five dollars an hour to pay people or thirty dollars an hour. I mean, like I said, we, we've got a, we've been very lucky since we've been open. Um, we have we have um, five front of house staff that rotate from Wednesday to Sunday, uh, plus our venue manager. Um, directors um, work shifts too when we need to. So we're very lucky. Um, we've got a great network of team that work really hard for us, but. Um, that initial lot of people that we needed to find those those great people that we've got. As uh, mentioned, we probably only got maybe thirty applications for casual stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Joanna said, she, you know, 
normally should we get like a hundred yeah, okay. and then you sift through sift through the ones that you want and we interviewed ten and we finished it with six and you know that's uh, that well, pretty good it's a pretty good conversion right oh yeah very very <laughs> very, very happy you know um, we, I, like, touch wood we've been very lucky with yeah. staffing yeah. Um, and, we're, and we're growing every day so which is yeah. great awesome awesome and um, where to from here obviously you guys have got plans with the kitchen going to come on board at some yeah. point um, can you can you can you talk to me about any any plans that are not overly secretive? Oh yeah, sure. Um, just got a, our first sales rep because um, Maggie Dion, Tim, and I have been doing all the wholesale sales yep. ourselves for the last five years. So Scotty Thompson has just come on board last week and we finally got a rep on the road for us, which awesome. is great. So that's the that's the biggest news we've got. Um, that's from a wholesale perspective. Um, for the venue, uh, obviously the next step would be kitchen, um, which we're in planning stage at the moment. We don't know when that's going to open just yet. Um, have you got a, have you got an idea of the type of uh, cuisine that you'll be doing? Yes, but we're not going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's your secret. That's for some secret. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we, you know, we're open the kitchen. That's what. That's yep. as far as I yep. 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 I think I think the actual uh, menus are working. Yeah, that's oh, always, a, always a work in progress. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. We've got some ideas, but nothing yeah. nothing in black and white yet. Yeah. Um, so at the moment we're at 195 Cedar. Um, we've got plans, so where we are now is a family area. We've got our plans for a mezzanine level to go on top of us here. And another um, mezzanine level on the top of the bar. Yep. So we, we, can, we can start looking at capacity of 3, 350 eventually, long term. Um, have you guys had it? Have you guys had it full full yet? Like, have you had 195 people in? Uh, yes, yes, we had a festival in April, which we which Jesus. we had there. It was it was full? That would have been hectic. It was. It was <laughs> lucky it was good weather, so everyone was going outside and that sort of thing. Um, and the final plan of the venue is um, we currently uh, have a um, set of stairs at the front, which we're currently in process of um, finalising a rebuild of those stairs um, and. Room at the front is going to be our office yep. eventually. Uh, within hopefully that will be done in the next few months, um, and that will be a second bar. That'll be the last project. Second bar, private function space, event space, uh, whiskey wow. bar, speakeasy, whatever you want to do. So that, that'll be three hundred plus seats. Yeah, yeah, eventually. That's a big venue. It is yeah, a big venue. That's a really big venue. <laughs> but I guess if you can if you can have those in summer, that's when you're filling it. If you can fill it. Multiple times in the summer, yeah, it'll do. Yeah, it does wonders yeah, with the kitchen and pumping out food, and absolutely, that's, that's the goal. So yeah, awesome. That's sort of the five ten year plan um, in a two minute speech. But yep. uh, yeah. yeah, and then obviously from a production perspective, yeah, obviously production brewery as well. Uh, that's that's sort of way off, and I think uh, the, the model we have currently is, is working for us. But it, it makes sense for us to take over the uh, Gypsy Brewing completely and have our own um, production facility. Yeah. And what's your what's your number one beer that you sell here? And what's the and what's the beer that people would know you guys for? It's it's probably the Matriarch. Matriarch's a beer that broods uh, fairly early on, uh, which is our New England style hazy IPA. Um, and it's the one beer that we brew fairly regularly. The other we we tend to do more sort of seasonal releases and one offs and and keep things new and fresh and new beers coming out all the time but the matriarch um, has a has a bit of a following and uh, it's 
I was going to say with the with the theme that you guys run, which is the you know you you kind of put a character behind the beers and all that type of thing. It makes a lot of sense that you would do kind of short runs and and you know and, and be doing a lot of different beers. It's um it's almost it's, it's the perfect it's the perfect brand to be doing that with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I think I think it's what our what our customers want as well. I think yeah, we're sort of probably more towards the pointy end of the market, and um, I think those people always look for something new and fresh. And what's mm-hmm. what's the new what's the new beer? So sort of where we, you know, what we have to do. Awesome. Guys, thanks so much. That was, that was, that was fantastic. Um, uh, guys, co-conspirators, they are um, in Brunswick on... Victoria Street. Victoria Street in Brunswick. You can't miss them. They're a, um, a, a big, beautiful brick building, or an old factory with an empty lot, and we should be able to find some of the uh, food trucks in the empty lot one night. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you Thanks. very much. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for tuning into Product Hub. This episode was brought to you by Pencil Pay, the world's fastest credit application and payment software for product sellers and their wholesale customers. If you sell products on payment terms, check us out at www.pencilpay.com and start getting paid on time today. I'm your host, Tim Dimitriou. See you next time.